Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Smith, welcome back to the grid. It is September twenty second, twenty twenty three. It is so good to be here, David Lee Scales, in this year that's just flying by. It's is this the first day that you're wearing a jacket in this year? It is maybe the first day that I'm wearing a nice denim throw. It's nice, right? Getting uh, bundled up. It's it's you know like pumpkin spice season. I feel. It is indeed. Um, We'll get to that later in the show. But I was just telling somebody actually that, yeah, this week is the first time I've left the house in the morning and we wore long sleeves. I mean, I do believe if my science is not mistaken that uh, the 25th, 21st, 22nd, somewhere right in there is the official fall equinox. Okay. So that's today. We are. Yeah, we are definitely like 22nd on the outside. So we are definitely officially fall i think it's actually the 20th uh it's my favorite season fall yeah it's a good one it's funny as a younger man an oregonian uh fall was always like oh man here we set we're setting up fall was the best season in oregon we had uh what used to be called indian summer i guess now it would be called first people summer uh and yeah, it was the only time that it would basically get warm. But right on the heels of that, you knew that it was going to be a long gray winter, followed by a gray spring, followed by a windy summer. Uh, so I would always kind of semi-dreadful. Now I very much like you. Is it is it just being an old man? Is like no. fall and old man season? Well, I mean, I equate. I think the reason why I developed a fondness for it was through surfing. Like in Southern California, fall is a great time to surf. That's true. Way Waves get good. It gets less crowded. I don't mind the chilliness that comes. Uh, but then I started associating it with the meals of fall, like comfort food, stews. I do like pumpkin. I like the pies of the holidays. The holidays is also a huge part of fall, so you start looking forward to Christmas and stuff like that. So. Man, I, I think I made my disdain for Thanksgiving food well-known through my life, and I've got to mm-hmm. say, I was wrong. 
I like, and again, maybe this is a product of aging gracefully, but you can still, turkey can still kick rocks, but uh, stuffing, mashed potatoes and gravy, sweet potato, uh, any kind of bready thing, bring it on. Beige food is the best food. I will put it that way. Um, But I think that our parents kind of screwed us. No offense if any of our parents are listening. I don't think they did Thanksgiving right when I was a kid. I think it was all bland. And now I've learned how to cook. Cranberry. Yeah. Now I've learned how to cook. And it's like, it's phenomenal when you do it right. I associated all those foods, though, with like no good version of them. But I guess that's where I was wrong. Totally. Because... It was so easy back in the 80s to get the canned cranberries, to make uh, mashed potatoes out of a box. You know, I think maybe that was the beginning of industrialized food to a certain degree. And so our parents implemented it. But it's not that much harder to actually mash a potato with real butter. To do the stuff. To do the work. Exactly. Uh, And it's well worth it. Speaking of fall, last weekend I was in the uh, New England helping, advising, and directing as it related to their hurricane preparedness that's right uh but man that was the first time i'd ever been up that way where were you uh vermont but amazing it was so gorgeous it's ridiculous yeah have you ever been to vermont no not vermont it doesn't have a coast uh but other than that i think you are you're a stone's throw for sure from new hampshire and then i think you would must be a stone's throw from rhode island as well right I, I've been to Rhode Island. I love Rhode Island. I'm not sure where it sits geographically uh, compared, but Maine, somewhere. is Maine the farthest north that I've been? Maine is the farthest north you can go. Okay. Then yes, I've been to Maine as well, and that was incredible too. But yeah, New England's amazing, especially in the fall. That's what I'm saying. It also was, known as autumn. It was um, a eye-opening experience for me. Well, I just Googled when is... And I was going to type Equinox, and I put E-Q-U, and the top search on Google is, when is Equalizer 3 coming out? (laughs) How is that a bigger search thing than when is Equinox? (laughs) That's real good stuff. You're you're right tonight, right at midnight. It's the 22nd? Yeah, there we go then. 11, uh, 40. (laughs) Here's how stupid, I mean, smart and simultaneously stupid Google is. Along with the Equinox date, it shows me a picture of a Chevy Equinox right, <laughs> right next to it. <laughs> I wonder if so, anyone has ever actually searched up an Equinox like, that sounds like a sick car, man. It's like a low entry-level SUV is what, what I'm really looking for. Somebody, only people have been talked into purchasing an Equinox <laughs> by the by the car salesman, and it was previously used as a rental car. Yep. Nobody's ever bought a brand new Equinox other yeah, exactly. than the rental companies. Exactly. Uh, well, the other huge thing that takes place on this Equinox Day is um, has Stab officially jumped the shark as of September twenty second, twenty twenty three. So I read this, I was sent this story this morning, <clears throat> read it still bleary eyed. And I was like, hey, I can't be reading this right. And so I like made coffee, sat down, read it slowly and thought, I can't believe this. I cannot believe this like on multiple levels. So I wrote my own piece about it. And for those who don't know, uh, Sam McIntosh, the co-founder of Stab alongside Derek Riley, uh, co-founder of Beach Grit, co-founder of Beach Grit published a story this morning 
titled uh what was the exact title it is it's important yeah it's important to get the real title which i don't have pulled up in front of me but i will pull it up while we're talking because um it's worth noting that it's kind of insulting and totally misguided risk reward semicolon the dickhead index and so in short, and David Lee, fill in the gaps that I'm leaving. But since I've read this now like four times, I feel pretty that I can speak to it. Uh, in it, so a couple days ago, maybe it was even yesterday, uh, Mikey Ciamarella, the STAB's new editor-in-chief, as I hear, did a sit-down interview with Jesse Miley Dyer, the chief sport of the World Surf League. And I personally didn't think the interview was all that bad. It was softball-y. Uh, you know, the one, there was a couple glaring questions not asked. Uh, the number one glaring question not asked was um, where, you know, what happened to Elo? Uh, where did former CEO Eric Logan, what happened to him? Like any kind of backstory at all, not even broached one, not even scratched at, right? Which is, again, it's not like that was a subtle thing. It's not like that was something that kind of happened in the dark and that nobody really, he's like a low level employee that, you know, just moved on or something. No, this was the CEO of the World Surf League who had been pushed down our gullets uh, for years, right? He was f- entirely forward-facing. Um, as and then, forward-facing as Elon Musk is. Like precisely. the most self-promotional forward-facer. Yes, and then went to Brazil and we got a one, maybe even a half sentence from the World Surf League is Eric Logan is no longer with the company straight pivot to whatever like so uh you know i've done dug as far as i can those stuff's all public we don't need to get into that now anyhow though uh so ciamarella's interview i don't think it was you know i'd probably give it a c minus it was like not great not the worst thing ever uh it provided zero insights and left the most important questions of the season unaddressed yeah i mean so there so i mean i guess it was a bad interview uh so sam so people kind of lit up comment boards on both beach grit and on stab itself and i'm sure other places their Uh, own comment section was full of the questions that mikey should have asked yeah exactly great right um so anyway sam came in today and said in fact, no. What STAB does is access journalism. We get access, so and you know, I think he kind of made fun of the flex, but it's also was flexing. We got the World STAB got the World Surf League 2024 Championship Tour schedule ahead of everybody else. We got this sit down with Jesse, even though it was utterly worthless. Uh, and the and when to explain STAB's modus operandi, which is we are you're going to be lucky to get any kind of anything from us. We are deeming what we're going to share with you based upon how that presents or how that places us with the people we care about, which are the people in power, right? Whether they are surfers or whether they are the world surf league. Now I completely get, obviously it's called, and there's a name for it called access journalism, right? Where the end recipient is not necessarily you, the viewer or you, the reader or you, the subscriber, this is really for power players at the top. This is kind of back scratchy and all this. Now, I understand as it relates to the surfers themselves, right? If you're going to go kid gloves with the professionals themselves in order to get them to star in your movies and all this stuff, then so be it, right? And an example of that is two months ago when they wrote 
a piece about uh, Kelly Slater's Turtle Moon Sandals, which was essentially... I like turtles! Which was essentially a press release for Kelly and did not actually ask Kelly anything meaningful. And their comments section called him to task for that one too. Yeah, totally. And so, but but that's what Stab does, right? And I think that that's what Stab does, except presenting this as journalism is dangerous. Now, so it's one thing with the surfers. I still totally disagree there. And I'm not talking about like, we should, you know, out whatever Jordy Smith say is having an affair or something. And we're going to, you know, put that on blast if it's right. not news, right? Not that that is happening. But I'm not about like destroying lives for the sake of destroying it. But there is some kind of my duty, your duty, is to the listener, to the person reading it. My duty is not to the powerful interest, right? In any case, surfer stuff aside, the World Surf League now is an entirely different thing. This is a govern a sport governing body that is filled with, you know, I mean, I won't say filled with lies. Just feel the the wall of positive noise is so high. The any kind of truth. You know, they are, they are crafting and maintaining their own separate reality. The important part of journalism is to get at that. Now, Stab and through Sam McIntosh entirely, and I mean entirely, dismissed it as, nope, we are going to suck off the World Surf League because in return, we get not only privileged access... We get to use their videos, uh, or we get to use we get licensed license, footage. License for, their footage. We get to license their footage, which for means our they're still series. paying for it. Precisely. So, at the end of this, what Sam is saying is, Stab is no more than an in-house media provider for the World Surf League, presenting as legitimate news. Stab's uh, tagline on Google, when you Google it, is like the most trusted news source for co- core surfers, or something like that. Which is now, and I can't, like, this shocked me. I could not believe he publicly, because he publicly stated that directly like that. I'm not, I'm not gilding this lily at all. This is what he said. He said, Stab is not about truth, more or less. Stab is about preserving access to the top. And then because we're doing that, because we're doing the hard work of that, you guys get drips and drabs of stuff that is deemed appropriate for you. To me, the entire thing was condescending it infantilized the audience it mm-hmm. these these people are paying for this right these are subscribers it's not beach grit where it's just yeah come on and if you like it cool if you hate it well i guess cool you know yeah but he started like, off by saying by the way one of the things i've learned is how i've underestimated the intelligence of our audience that yeah. was in the opening paragraph but i agree with you by the time i got to the end of it i'm like you just spent all this time explaining your business model as if we don't already understand your business model. Totally. And you infantilized it and also um, said, you're a dickhead if you do it differently than us. That was in the title of the piece and it was also the closing line of the piece. And I'm thinking to myself, no, there's a total way to navigate asking Jesse Miley Dyer pointed questions and allowing her to dance around it or to not address it entirely. Like that's her role as well. She's entitled to say, no, I'm not going to answer that question. 
but you can't not at you asking the question doesn't make you a dickhead it makes you a journalist it's i mean it's insane 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 the when he really went in in the middle the part that shocked me most i think is he said there's a reason the new york times doesn't do entertainment more or less or hbo doesn't do news and i'm thinking what are you talking about the new york times does all kinds of entertainment hbo does all kinds of news and they, he said hbo doesn't do interviews with talent and it's yeah. like they have a ton of sports shows that are interview shows interviewing the talent. And not even sports. They do like behind yeah. the scenes stuff. I mean, they do hard hitting expose Bill Ma- stuff. Bill Maher's interviewing people all the time. It, it, I mean, it was insanely like he, he said the same thing about he said the same thing about Netflix. Imagine if Netflix had a show where they interviewed people. I'm like, they have a bunch of those shows. David Letterman has one. Like, I mean, are you it, out of your mind? It was insane. And then he also said, you know, or or imagine if TMZ tried to do hard-hitting documentaries. And I'm like, TMZ does do documentaries. Like, I, I mean, everything you're saying, you, Sam made like a, somehow a distinction, an either-or, between you either get access or you are a dickhead, right? Right. And Literally, is, a dickhead. That's the title of it. Yeah. And this is, this is the dichotomy. And I'm thinking... You are insane. Like this is not only is this in the day and age we live, day and age we live in, where getting at the truth is harder and harder. Right? Stab you being, for better or worse, in a position to provide journalism or truth or something to your audience to totally abdicate that and say, nope, we're not going to be dickheads. We want access. To me, was it was one of the more shocking things that I've read. I became even more shocked when I got into the comments. Did you get into the comments? They were supportive of his 100%. Position. 100 yeah. it was like 99% flag waving stab. Thank you Sam, you're the leader we need. We totally appreciate your polite and, you know, gentlemanly approach to this. On and on and on. And I was thinking, you what are you subscribers thinking? Like I get and I'm not this is not a stab bash fest right now for me, right? I totally appreciate stab for what it is i appreciate the video content that they produce they make interesting by and large fun unique programming right uh it's inoffensive almost entirely but i'm not asking them to make offensive programming but when it comes to complete and utter abdication of any kind of moral in where at the end, the subscriber is our, this is who we're here for. This subscriber is paying, what is that, 99 bucks a year? More? I want to say 79 Whatever it is, $79 a year. This guy or girl is paying us money. Our duty is to them. And Sam was saying, absolutely not. And he, he's showcasing like at our meeting, and I mean, which was utterly pointless. And he did it unironically when we were meeting at the Soho House Malibu. Like it's all privilege and exclusivity when when we in our privileged bubble are being exclusive here and rubbing shoulders with these privileged people sometimes we choose to give you and this is where we get enough access to get pete mel to say he had a meth problem or whatever his dumb thing was i was like are you fucking kidding me pete mel had already talked about that everybody knew about it like what you're giving gifting the paying audience for your ivory tower shenanigans is absolutely not worth the cost well uh you're talking about the comment section being totally supportive another thing that he said in the opening uh paragraph of that piece was that they curate the comments he goes when we first started doing this the comments were you know 
vitriolic and vile. And so we vanquished those. And, you know, he didn't use the word curated, but said, essentially, we curate the comments. So I wouldn't be surprised if those comments on that article were curated, even though on previous articles, they left in ones that were critical. I mean, the the amount of sycophancy, though, is like... But but I am surprised by it, too, because people did actually write those comments. Even if they may have deleted negative comments, they did. People did write supportive comments. A lot. So or not a let, lot, but compared to yeah. Stan. So what I will say also, um, talking about the athletes that they do get reveals from, the answer, he basically gives examples of all the times that where they did get hard-hitting answers. So he's like, look, we don't just throw softballs. We did for Jesse, admittedly, because we want access down the road. I'll address that first, actually. Um, the WSL... 100% got what they wanted out of Sam, and Sam did not get anything that he wanted out of the WSL. He got screwed by the WSL. He's operating as their shill, full yeah. stop. Yeah. And the fact that he is uh, doing their bidding, essentially, and uh, trying to convince his own constituency that it's worth eating what they're feeding him is insane, to double it's down rude. on the point that you made. It's totally rude. My constituency who is supporting us, I am not even going to allow you to have your own opinion. I'm just going to tell you this is worth doing. We all read the article. Those articles about Jesse Miley Dyer and the Kelly Slater turtle sandal article were the... I like turtles. Were the least good articles on Stab this year. Full stop. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's not worth doing, Sam. Yeah. You know, so whatever access you think that you're going to get licensing the footage, like the fact that you're you're even pandering to them indicates that you're misunderstanding the WSL at this point and their value to the space and all of that sort of stuff. But I digress. The hard hitting answers that he did give, uh, get and gave as examples where Gabe revealed that he used to park cars as a teenager, (laughs) Twiggy revealing how he sold the wave in Africa, Strider strapped weed to his leg, you know, on a flight, Pete Mel used meth. Sam is correct to a degree. All of those stories were shared with Stab because they are a safe space to share those types of stories. But what Sam doesn't understand is that in in the surf space, Stab is the opposite of the WSL. And those surfers have been forced into silence, often with an NDA, sometimes just because it's in their own best interest, and their personality has become vanilla and bland if it's just through the lens of the WSL. The value that Sam and Stab serve to the surf community is sharing reality. You know what I mean? And they've curated a place for surfers to go and be themselves. They've curated a place through doing things like how surfers get paid to where Jordy can be like, fuck, I've wanted to talk about this forever. Finally, thanks for offering me this opportunity. Here we go. And the way that Sam is handling his relationship with the WSL is not that. He is saying in this article, oh, it's all the same. No, it's not that. They are not the talent. The WSL is not the talent. No. They are not surfers wanting an earnest and unfettered space to share their radical stories that we all want to hear. They are a corporation looking for a media company to do their bidding, and you did it for them. Do not tell your constituency that it's the same thing as Jordy telling his story that he wasn't allowed to tell you know that he got sued 
No, and I mean, Sam essentially, and I don't know how you walk back that story. I don't know why he published it to begin with. Like, it's a it's sure a flub. That, I mean, that's the way you do business. I get it, right? I see that that's the way you do business, and I poke fun at you by calling you collaboration of surf media from time to time. Good naturedly, I'm not like getting all aggressive about it. But then for Sam to say, no, 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 we are collaboration of surf media, and you, subscriber, spoon it up. Like, you like this. You shut your mouth about it. And anyone else out there who's doing anything else, there's black and white here. There's, again, there is dickheads. Right. And there's us. Yeah. I know. It was was shocking that he published it. And that's why I started off by saying, was this the shark jump moment? Like, it's okay to be the inertia. We all accept the inertia for what it is. We don't go read it, you know. But for him to wear it as a badge of honor... And be like, we're gladly jumping into that realm and the what's what you know, the uh reputation that Stab developed its business on that I think Derek was more of a it was more of Derek's DNA than it was Sam's DNA. We're abandoning that entirely at this point. Yeah. I mean and, I and, unash- and unashamedly. Unashamed proudly. 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 And, and you subscriber, again, like like which I mean, maybe like that's what I thought. I thought I read it and I thought this was a major, major cell phone, right? Like nobody asked you to take this and say this. Everybody thought whatever they thought. Nobody asked you to do this. No. You doing this, I thought you're gonna get filleted in the comments. Went down there, Sam for president. So oh, this is so great. Da, 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 da. On and on and on. And I was thinking, well, I guess I guess I don't understand what well, people want. Uh, so <coughs> I I think that uh, there is a portion of his audience that is the inertia's audience as well, and those are the people that may be leaving those comments. What I was surprised by though is that I actually have generally loved Sam's uh, direction for the business and the way that he's grown that business. I think that he's very smart. I think that he's very savvy. And when he is interviewed for the, uh, how surfers get paid pieces, I always find him to be very insightful, you know? And I'm like, so I, I trust, I, up until this moment have trusted the way that he's guided that business in a way that I thought would create content that I will continue to enjoy and want. And I think that it's a service to the surf space as a whole. When I read this piece, I thought, oh my God, I think he's drinking his own Kool-Aid at this point. Like he's grown it. He has grown it successfully. And I think that he's dominates a certain space in surfing to where now there is probably more ego than there was five years ago. He's ticked a couple of boxes. He's sold the business. He bought it back. You know, he's made money on it at this point once or a couple of times. And he's running a successful business at this point. So I think that he has now lost perspective on the role that Stab plays to the audience and in, in to the surf world and where their greatest value is to the surf world. And I think that if he does transition to go full inertia, he could actually continue to have a successful business and maybe even a bigger business. And so... Maybe that's what he's transitioning into, and that's yeah. okay. That's okay too, and that won't serve me as a viewer, and I probably won't pay the you know premium if that's the direction that it goes. But I'm just shocked that it. He seems to be making that transition, bragging about it, and not fully aware that that's uh, 
that that's what the legacy of the company will be as opposed to what the legacy it was up until he built it or up that he built up until this moment. And maybe he and World Surf League are lockstep and the inertia in this, right? You know, is what it seems is like you crusty, grumpy, you know, core, whatever. We don't need you. We don't need you. The growth for all of this is in the more genteel, the people coming on, the people who discovered surfing recently. What we are going to do is make content for them, right? Like the house surfers get paid. It's all great. Love it. But this can easily be, you know, hey, guy who just started surfing, isn't this interesting? This is the little, excuse me, the little world you're coming into. And so if he and the World Surf League and or everybody is like, we have looked at the numbers. The core is too small. We're going big. Then, my, yeah. My problem with that is kind of what I stated earlier is the Jordy Smith sharing the story, the Strider sharing the story. They are no longer going to do it on your platform. If you really think that's the bread and butter of your business and you're shifting down into this, what you've discussed through this piece, those aren't the same things. Like, but also, also, let's be honest about those big reveals too. Like there, the, literally a big reveal was that uh, Gabriel Medina, as you said, parked cars as a preteen. He parked cars as a preteen. This was one that Sam in the list of things that this is what our access journalism journalism has gifted you, the reader, is a great insight into the yeah. life of Gabriel Medina that he parked cars as a preteen. Who the fuck cares? Like right. if this if this is what you're selling out for to let us know, and all of those things, all those things were either somewhat well known, had been talked about. None of those were straight reveals on staff. No. Like no. Pete's meth thing. Uh, Strider, you know, smuggling drugs. Like, none of that was revealed. And sure, they talked about it. And that's fine. Great. But where's the even the value add there? Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, when I was growing up reading Surfer Magazine, the stories were right there in the printed page. Like, that's how I learned about them. And that's why I fell in love with surfing's culture to a large degree. Yeah. Was Chris Ward's, you know, unabashed personality matt matt archibald you know christian fletcher i don't know why i'm only pulling examples from san clemente right now <laughs> i guess it's adjacent to where i grew up so that maybe was what resonated and i saw a lot of those surfers in the water but those were the stories that were most captivating to me that i wasn't reading and hearing about in basketball and in football and that sort of thing so that's and it, and by the way i didn't even partake in those lifestyles I was just fascinated that the figures were living that, that life. Yeah, doing it and then also sharing it publicly and then the magazines were sharing it. So Stab isn't new by revealing any of that stuff. And like you said, they're not the first ones and they certainly aren't um, doing it in a more candid way than it's been done in the past. They just happen to be the only ones in this current cancel culture that are doing it kind of publicly. The And again, you know, like, Stab, great. You know, the video is great. The the kind of professionalism, the sheen on it, all of it is great. Uh, except when you take an ice cream scooper and take out any soul, what's left? It's just yeah. sheen. It is, it is exactly what the WSL is. And again, back to his dichotomy of dickhead versus friend and gentleman. Uh, you know, there's a bunch of, I mean, sure, surfers aren't pounding down beach grits door to share stories but some of them are we get funny stuff from a lot of pro surfers a b 
protecting a pro surfer is not Beach Grit's aim. Beach Grit's aim is to entertain and provide whatever kind of insight we can to the person who clicks on it every day. And <laughs> Sam's completely backwards, no, no, our purpose is to the power. And we take that power that drips to us because we are sitting there mouth agape on our knees. And then some of that drips down to you, subscriber. Enjoy it. Is yeah. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? Well, not to pat myself on the back, but go through the interviews of the archives of interviews with Surf Splendor. We have Maurice Cole talking about going through a divorce with his wife and um, struggling with suicide, thoughts of suicide. We have Billy Hamilton talking about psychedelics and surfing pipeline naked in the middle of the night. We have uh, Salema Masakela talking about his ayahuasca experience, you know, like tons of the stuff that Stan, that Sam would call hard hitting journalism or hard hitting reveals by people. We're publishing stories like that all the time. And the reason why is we simply give people space to talk. Put a microphone in front of them, be like, hey, you know, I've heard this about your life experience. Do you care to discuss it? And they go, thank you for asking. I would love to discuss it. And this is, you know, I appreciate the thoughtful engagement on this. It's as simple as that. I'm not a dickhead for asking those people those questions. Audience members give very uh, positive feedback because the stories resonate with them. They go, I went through a divorce once and, you know, Sure, I'd like to hear Maurice Cole talk about the reverse V that he shaped for Tom Curran, but I've already heard about that. What I really want is people that I venerate to hear about things that they're going through in their life that are similar to the things that I'm going through in my life. That's journalism. That, you know, that has value. That's what Sam could be doing. That's a real bummer. It really does make me sad, and it is a loss. And again, I don't know why he stated it publicly, but I do... Feel like it is a loss for the surf space in general because Sam Stab can no longer is no longer any kind of trusted news. Sam and Stab is a shill, and that that is what it is moving forward. Yeah, and I think that they still will continue to make uh, good pieces. You for know, sure, not, they will. And They'll so that so you content. can be both things, but they compromise their integrity a lot by publishing that piece. Yep. It's like now everything that comes through, I have to read it through the filter of is this Who's a press release it? or is yep. this not? Exactly. Who's paying for it and what is their interest in getting this out? Exactly. Now, you may not have paid attention, uh, but a day or two prior to the Jesse Miley Dyer piece, Sam actually wrote his thoughts on finals day. And the piece was entitled... Um, will the finals day format ultimately eradicate two of the world's best surfers? And he was referring to Carissa Moore and John, John Florence. And that point is salient. And I agree that could happen, but the piece really was in defense of finals day format. Of course it was. And then, and so you read that piece and I was, I thought like, God, he's entirely wrong. Like he's defending the format. He's defending having it at trestles. And I just thought, geez, Sam's really kind of, I'm shocked that he has this take on this. And then when it was followed by the Jesse Miley Dyer piece, then I go, oh, shoot, something smells fishy here. And then when he goes to defend the piece, then you go, oh, God, now they're in bed together. They're literally <laughs> sleeping together. And uh, and so 
yeah, it was, it's been a disappointing week, needless to say. I think we've said it. Yep. Um, Sorry about it. Sorry about it. Yeah. Well, and the other thing, just full to wrap this up entirely, there was no need to defend the Jesse Miley Diaries. No. There, I mean, that's what I that this He could is, have just ignored it completely. The ignore, fact that he went to task was like, what? Well, I mean, this is when, when Sam is at his worst. I think Sam's pride and arrogance, like he keeps it well under uh, wraps. But he is a prideful, you know, he's uh, rightly so. He is a proud man. He has built a uh, thing. Um, but I think when he, him defending it, I'm like, no, 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 no. We can see it. We can see mm-hmm. it. You don't have to say it. Like you saying it now, now it's just, oh my goodness. What it like, it was just rude. It's like absolutely rude to pridefully and arrogantly defend your sleeping with the WSL. Okay, cool. Do you think WSL is paying them? Um, I bet there is, yes. I bet there's, I bet there certainly, if not, I've heard that the WSL footage to license is insane by any standards. Like the fee for it is insane. And so they may be giving a stab, I would imagine, free licensed footage, which would have value. Got it. Um, So it's not like they're necessarily... There could be, but I would imagine also there's kicking of the tires of like bringing stab in, just purchasing stab, right? Bringing stab in as state-sponsored media, and now they have it, right? They have it has enough of a enough of a remove where the audience member they want who doesn't really know comes in, they see World Surf League, they see stab, and they don't know that they're you know owned by the same company. Well, in the article that they wrote essentially as a press release. It was an interview with Kelly Slater, but it was a press release for the Turtle Moon sandal. Um, He got in the comments section and did kind of what he did here. He got in that comment section and defended the article because people were calling it out like, hey, this is just a press release for the sandals. And Sam jumped in and he said exactly what he said. Here he goes. We want access to Kelly. Yeah. We We wanted to interview Kelly for the How Surfers Get Paid series. And in our conversations with his handler in preparation for this interview, there were certain things that Kelly did not want to discuss. And so we obliged them and did not ask him those questions because we hope that he'll sit down for an interview for how surfers get paid down the road. I mean, and I thought, and when he said that, I was like, shoot, I appreciate the insights into behind the scenes, but you should not be stating this publicly. Honestly, if Kelly paid you to have this interview with him so that he could promote his sandal, Freaking take the money and move on to the next article. Don't acknowledge yep. it. Don't get in the comment section. But then I realized, I don't think Kelly paid him. Or no. in this scenario, I don't think the WSL paid him. I think he literally took the bait just in hopes of a future payout, which is never, not even promised. And it reads so transparently to the, transparently to the user that it's like, it's just compromising your integrity, which isn't worth the price that you paid. At what point does he think the World Surf League is actually going to change their mind and be like, yeah. oh, yeah, now we're ready to be transparent, right? And Stab, since you were so gracious to us this whole time, we're going to tell you everything. Or no. Kelly. how? No. When in the world is Kelly going to say, you know, it's time for me to open up because no. I don't, you know, I've been holding this stuff inside and I really feel like, you know, Stab treated me well with that no. eco sandal, turtle sandal thing. And so I'm going to go there and share my deepest secrets. These people are never going to open up. Like it's pointless. It's pointless to try. What they learned in this exchange was we can bend you over and get exactly what we want out of you. So if we ever come back here, that's what we expect again. Precisely. And, and 
what Stab learned apparently is, oh, I guess our audience likes to get bent over by us. So yeah. let's just do a centipede. <laughs> That's what it feels like at this point. Um, the other final, final, final thought is we got a text the other day. It was like, hey, do you guys reach out to Jesse Miley Dyer ever and like just request an interview? And I didn't address it. You did address it. And you're like, yeah, I've reached out to her a ton in the past and I get crickets. But my thought was, who the hell wants to interview her? Like, I don't give a shit what she has to say. I'm not going to trust any of it. And to be honest, she's going to provide no insights into the WSL. The whole thing is such a farce at this point. They'd have to beg me for an interview. You know, like, you don't even want that interview. This is part of what I think is when people get mad at me for not, you know, like the Jesse Miley, or not, not that they were mad, but like this kind of thing, like go talk to him. I got, who did I get uh, rolled? Oh, Philippe Toledo, right? Like, so people are like, why don't you go talk to Philippe? A, Philippe is never going to talk to me, right? I made my my a position on Philippe being a coward clear. But if Philippe wanted to talk to me, my phone number is right on Beach Grid. And guess what? I have a platform that Philippe should want to access. And Philippe called me up and said, hey, I really don't like this. And this has happened to me a number of times of surfers or Jonah Hill who has called me up and said, hey, let's talk about this, right? And that's great. Then we get a truthful conf- uh, conversation because I'm not just going to publish a press release. Right, exactly. Um, th- I mean, how endearing to the surf community would it be if Felipe engaged in that conversation? It would be great. It'd be great for him. It would be great for him. And I would be fair. I would not just be a, like, again, to use the parlance of Sam McIntosh, a dickhead. I would say, Hey, Felipe, let's look. We've all seen the footage. Let's review the footage. You look like a coward out there. Your dad said you're afraid of the coral. Would you like to address that? Right. And I'll, I'll give you a forum and then I'll ask further questions about it. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? Is there a way we can move forward where you could get good at it? Any, whatever, have a conversation, but it would be great for Philippe. Yeah. He doesn't care. No. I mean, that's the thing though. He doesn't care. Uh, Stab doesn't care. WSL doesn't care. Nobody cares about the most passionate corner of surfing's fan base. They literally don't care, which is, I care. Yeah. It's it's a interesting time that we're living in, and we saw the writing on the wall with the WSL. It was just really shocking for Stab to go ahead and jump on that wall and paint themselves onto it. Yep. <laughs> it's an interesting time in surfing. Hook up the living centipede, the human centipede. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, in everybody's favorite segment, we've got an incredible inquiry today. Uh, maybe the maybe the best ever. I will let you assess it. But it is presented by sunbum.com because we trust in the bum to protect us. Not only our sun protection, but they have skin care stuff now. They have hair care stuff now. It's an incredible suite of products from Sunbum. It's fall tonight and or autumn. Next comes winter and chapped lips. Sunbum makes incredible chapstick. That's right. They do make lip a bunch balm, of chapstick. I should call it. I think chapstick is TM'd. Yeah. Lip balm. They've, we've got a ton of it in the house. Lauren leaves that. I mean, she uses that stuff everywhere. And then, of course, keeps little um, vials of it everywhere just so she doesn't. If she loses one one place, she has some somewhere else. Great idea. And uh, she's a huge fan of that. 
Anyways, we got a promo code with them, 15% off, and that is SurfSplendor15 on sunbum.com. Of course, they sell it at hardcore retailers, all retailers actually. Surf Retail seems to carry it. Um, you can buy it nationally at CVS, Target, all that, but sunbum.com is where you save 15%. Okay, listener inquiry. Quote, gents, I've got a concern. I was on the sofa scrolling when I was fed an ad by Laird's Superfoods. Laird's chiseled tan image caught me and I stopped to watch. He was sitting at the counter and Gabby walks over with a cup of pumpkin spiced creamed coffee. She sits down and in unison, they take a sip, not approvingly at one another. And I'll be damned if it didn't look like Laird was looking straight into a mirror. Maybe through shared workouts, maybe through their shared diet, but Laird and Gabby have morphed into one person. Gabby's musculature has increased over the years, and Laird's sun-kissed blonde locks are a mere six inches shorter than Gabby's, but certainly by mid-January, they will match too. Almost aghast, I turned to share this epiphany with my wife. And lo and behold, I saw for the first time a version of me staring right back. We've been married for 22 years, and if I look back at our wedding photos, there is a noticeable transition that has taken place in these two decades. We've swapped plenty of DNA in those years, but never did I think that the results would transform our appearances. How is this happening? And and by the way, she's gorgeous, so I wouldn't be fighting it. I shouldn't be fighting it, but what if she morphs more towards me and I spoil her beauty? Science has been of no help as I've researched this matter. So please, boys, do your thing. Wow. This is the most important question for our time, David Lee Scales. (sighs) It's a thing, I feel like. It's a total thing. How do you, I think his question that he didn't fully address here is how do you not morph into your spouse? Here's the thing. Trust in us, David Lee Scales. I have advice. Okay, it's really important, right? You long-term date or marry spouse person, right? You guys live together, and exactly as he said, you eat the same or similar food. You probably like to do the same activities. A lot of the time, you will go on ski vacations, right? Maybe you both like to surf, etc., etc. all down the line. You eventually, if you're the dude, you're going to start using... Her product, soap, all that. You're not out there buying your own soap, right? Uh, Toothpaste. Like, all of this is the same. Eventually, eventually, you start drinking pumpkin spice lattes, layered superfood together, and staring into each other's eyes. Okay. Here's where, as the man, I'm going to say, but also if you're the woman listening to this, then take this on too. You need to have a hard pivot on certain things. Uh, based specifically on not looking like your spouse, you also have to maintain, especially if you're a man, you have to maintain your own fashion integrity. Uh, The wife will be perpetually, I like you in these. I like you in that. I like you in those. Buying you things. Sort of dumbing down, I feel. Not dumbing down. Softening the hard edges. If you look at yourself when you first met or, yeah, or were with your significant other, I'm sure there was all kinds of unique style flair, right? That's all gone away now because you are a version of her. And so she's making you look like a version of her, right? So as a man, 
uncomfortably even, you have to choose to wear things that really, like, you have to force yourself, force yourself into different clothing habits. Number one, grooming habits. If she says, I like your hair this way, ah, it's, sorry about it. You know, you don't have to do this on all the things. Like, take some of the advice. Take, I'll say, 75% of the advice, advice but leave 25% where you, even if you say, you're right. Because that's the problem here. Laird is happy to look like Gabby. Gabby is happy to look like they're not, or they're not aware of it. You lose awareness at a certain point. I think you have a vision of yourself as still unique and individual, but no, you are Labby is what you are. You are Labby Hees. Uh, Gaird. <laughs> you are, are Gaird Ramilton. And in order to not be that, it's a concerted effort every day. So that's the clothing element and the style element. And then also, I think as a man, you have to choose a pastime or activity that's going to hone you in a different way that you otherwise wouldn't be honed. Like my wife ain't a runner, so I run, right? Uh, yeah. There's certain things you can do to like actually force body change that will be different. Yeah, because you're right. Advice. You're right. Gabby and Laird are doing the exact same workouts every yep. day. They've branded it yeah they're wearing layered clothing i'm yep. sure every day they're eating the exact same things it's just it makes sense that they would then morph into one another and i gave you that i think it was a barrel or not a few weeks back about a friend male friend who is uh getting botox yes by his wife's you know uh request because she has botox for sure e exactly and so that's where we need to really tease it apart because some of the fashion if you look back at the photo when you first met and the yeah, fashion risks wrong. that some of the fashion risks you used to take were wrong and her guidance has actually improved your look, let's Completely. say. And so when she says you should use a moisturizer, that's not, that's okay. That's a reasonable request. Where is the dividing line between moisturizer and Botox? I mean, or, or where is the dividing line? I think as the, as each individual has to think, where is the dividing line between either moisturizer or Botox and looking like your wife, right? Where you make those decisions, again, I'm gonna say it's 75%, like 25% of the stuff you have to say no. And I think it can be totally random, a totally random 25% will keep you enough different looking. I think there's some things that fudge that, like Botox I think sends you right on your way to looking like your wife almost instantly. That takes you basically all the way there, no matter what else you're doing. That's you look the fast like your track. Yeah. yeah, that is the fast track. I'll tell you where the dividing line is. It's when you're at dinner and you want to, and she wants to order the exact same thing off the menu that you are ordering. Yes. I'm a, hell no. I'm no. now changing my order or I'll tell you what, what's your second choice? I'll get your second choice. You get your first choice. And now we have two separate things that we're eating, you know, like it has to be, there has to be division of food intake, division of, like you said, exercise habits, division of activities that you enjoy I, I think division of vices too like if agreed. you're if your wife is a weed smoker drink booze yeah. if she likes to drink booze i don't know chew mushrooms <laughs> i agree i almost got duped into going to see taylor swift this year i see you would have started Thank to look so much more like i would Dear have been Lauren. yeah i would have been singing swift songs on probably snapchat you know, not even knowing because I don't even have Snapchat, but on her Snapchat, swinging Swift songs, looking like a doppelganger. Yep. 
It's important. And so I put my foot down and I'm like, I'm down. I love that you like Taylor Swift. By all means, go hard. And I'm going to go over here and convince you why Bob Dylan's a far superior songwriter. I mean, exactly. And again, though, none of this, you think, you think, dear listener, that this happens automatically. None of this has to be a conscious decision every day not to become geared. Yeah, I agree. Because it does slowly kind of creep in. You find yourself watching the same shows and looking forward to it. Like, hey, we're going to catch up tonight on whatever it is. Exactly. It It starts on the That's that's another really important one, too. Like, the wife these days has, for some reason, rediscovered Grey's Anatomy. I treat Grey's Anatomy (laughs) as if it was a mirror unto hell. Like, I do not (laughs) cast my gaze upon that show at all. Like, I know if I get sucked into Grey's Anatomy... I honestly might as well dye my hair purple like the wife has it and wear <laughs> Chanel pantsuits. That is so funny. Lauren's obsessed with it too. Not not currently, but like yeah. a, two years ago, she was fully, fully in, like Grey's. binging it probably for the 10th time. You know? Yeah. There's no. something, I mean, is it mainly females that watch Grey's Anatomy? It's got is it a if, sex thing? A gender if, thing? If, if I would like encourage... I mean, call in under a under a pseudonym, but I would love to hear one of our male listeners, uh, like if they like Grey's Anatomy, what do they like about it? I hate, hate everything about Grey's Anatomy. I've never even seen an episode. I'm proud to say. I mean, thankfully, I I mean, I long time ago I had to sit through a couple, but uh, this latest iteration, she'll like watch it in the car when I'm driving, so I'll hear the banter. And remember why I hated it so much. Is that Shonda Rhimes? I hate her writing. It's oh. like every every line, like no no line is like just a throwaway. Everything is the most clever thing anyone's ever said in their life, right? Like every yeah. one of them. It's just that clever banter nonstop. Um, okay, I've got one final question for you regarding this Gaird conversation. Uh, is it good? For your sex life, if you morph into the same person, do you want do people ultimately want to have sex with themselves, or is it detrimental to your sex life if you end up being the exact same person? I think it's detrimental because I think as especially as the man becoming the woman, you've been fully neutered. And if the woman becomes a man, which man, if they're cisgendered, which wants to sleep with a dude? Uh, and so it goes bad either way. You're either fully neutered. Or you're, yeah, like, I think rarely do. I mean, Laird and Gabby are a special case. I think I'm morphing into Laird, essentially. Uh, I guess Laird's, I I mean, I guess they both morphed into, Gaird is like a total 50-50 of them both. It's almost, it's like, um, it's on a different plane. Yeah. It's like like a third species. Exactly. Which, clear, it's Or a third gender. I think for the average person, they either become, and I think I would say nine times out of ten, the dude starts looking like the wife. Yeah. Which yeah, then you, and you are a neutered man. Like, I, it is not I, sexy. I'm inclined to think that, too. Like, if you become one, you're almost, it's it's a blander version. It's a blander experience. And so there is less the opposites attract kind of. Yeah, the tension, what is the that? spark. Yeah, the spark or the fission, or I don't know what the right word is, but it, there is something about that that creates a tension that is like, you know that what? That seeks release. 
Yes, exactly, exactly. Yep. But I can't speak to it because I've never morphed into one. <laughs> <laughs> but because there could be some other worldly, like, you know, like I said, do people want to? Is there some I don't know vestige of early human evolution that just wants to have sex with yourself and you're just like and then you achieve some new like we're into some really freaky stuff you know like i know it normally is this way penetration but now that we're my wife is almost like me and i'm almost like her things get wild in the bedroom you know what i mean that could be love to hear love to hear yeah feel free chime in (laughs) gared you have our dm you've dm'd us before let us know how this goes well thanks sunbum i mean without sunbum we wouldn't get these incredible inquiries from listeners no no we wouldn't and we wouldn't help people imagine i i imagine we're going to help a large like people are on the highway to looking like spouse and they realized oh oops i gotta make some hard decisions here i gotta go start chewing skull exactly i wonder though do people realize they realize it when it's too late they realize when they're too late you this is pre preemptive you got to cut this off because it's happening it's happening whether you think it is or not so examine your life and make some hard 25 percent different choices yeah, exactly. I mean, the moment where you're sitting on the couch 22 years in or whatever it was and like look over and have that realization, it's too late. So too I'm going to have to be documenting with photographs every day, Lauren's appearance and mine and making yep. sure like taking little measurements and assuring yep. and then again, making decisions, uh, proactive decisions in life to do opposite things. So yep. great advice. Sunbum.com promo code surf splendor 15 save 15%. Thank you, Sunbum. Um, okay, let's see what else I have in my notes here. I think, I mean, I've got some other stuff. I've got a listener, CJ called in to the listener line, but I think maybe we keep that for next week. Always and, cool. Um, and uh, we go to commercial break and come back with Barrel or Not, probably. I think let's that's the it. best bet at this point. When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role, and there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn Jobs. Your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInjobs.com surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. That's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, Chessmith, we are back from commercial. We've got Barrel or Nah presented by Buell, BuellSurf.com, of course. The best. Uh, it's almost 3-2 season, I feel like. Has the water gotten cold down there? It's gotten chilly. Look at it. I'm wearing a denim little jacket. It is 3-2 time. It might come, go back to straight 2 time. Uh, California does that sometimes in fall where you get the pulse of real warm water again and real warm weather, but as of today... It is pumpkin spice latte and 3-2 time. Yeah, 3-2 time up here, and I am fully okay with that. I'm, yep. I'm down for... Uh, Especially down when for... you got a new Buell. I'm gonna, like, if you have not... Buell, you can get such... What's our savings at Buell.com slash serve? 20, uh, 25%. 25%. What is it? Sir, Splendor 15? It's grit. Splendor 25. Uh, Buell grit 25. Buell grit 25. It is worth spending the money... Just for that feeling, uh, nothing, almost nothing beats putting on a brand new 3-2. No, like, no sand, no dampness, no nothing. Knowing you're going to be perfectly warm, perfectly warm, it's worth it. I just love the smell of a new yep. suit. Yep. Get the smell of a new suit brings me back to childhood where it was just all optimistic potential opportunity. You get that thing and you're just like, I am going to shred. I'm ruling today. Yeah, exactly. Rule today. Well, Buell, Buell today. BuellSurf.com. And then our first uh, inquiry came from a listener, and it's directly related to wetsuits. Barrel and Awe, helping a bro pull down their suit. Oh, such a good one. And it's a no barrel in no case. Uh, okay, I can't speak to... Um, I'm maybe going to leave a caveat for Maine... Rhode Island, the places that get properly freezing cold where you are numbed and you are doing something insane to begin with and insanely brave and masculine and all that, surfing in basically sub-zero temperatures. So as such, it'd be like the same as if you were on a major hiking trip with your bro and it like started freezing and you had to get naked and sleep in a sleeping bag together. Like you're already doing something tough, have at it. Take each other's wetsuits off. But if you are wearing a 3-2 or less, and you like are stuck and got the wings. You like either there's a major problem in your life. Either go on a diet, uh, get a bigger wetsuit, figure out how to get more dexterity, get that damn suit off yourself. It is not like wetsuits are 
Sure, sometimes they can get a little sticky on the shoulder. Sometimes you're a little chilly, but take it off yourself for yeah, pity's I, sake. I agree with you, but the only caveat that I'm allowing is maybe you have a shoulder that gets easily dislocated or some sort of an injury that makes this difficult. Rehab the injury, all, man. All of that aside, and I'm not even I'm not even giving the caveat for main surfers. You're not giving I'm, me freezing when they come out and their hands are icicles and they can like bash them against the car and maybe between their four hands they can get half a suit off. And a six mil suit's a lot harder to pull down than a three mil suit. Yeah. So that is extra challenging. What I'm suggesting is nobody's ever been permanently stuck in a wetsuit. It's only a matter of effort involved to get that thing off. And so the benefit that comes from the effort is all upside. You do become, like you said, more dexterous. You become more nimble. You probably get a little bit of muscle going too just from working that thing. But I have had a couple of suits that are particularly uh, tight in that opening because, you know, that also helps keep warmth in and it helps keep water from going in. So they want to make them tight. And they, I feel like for a few years there, they got a little too tight. And I had such a hard time getting that thing down. But I developed strategies. You know, it's like a little tug on this side. Okay, now go over here, a little tug on that side. Then I got to flip a little flip and I got to pull down this way. And you get you get a little strategy going and you're the better for it. So Problem solving. Your brain is loose. Having a bro come over and get you out of a sticky situation just feels a little, it's a bridge too far. I'm asking for too much help. I can get this. No barrel. No barrel. Okay. Barrel or not, nah, fanny packs. Oh, this is a good one, David Lee Scales. Uh, kind of coming uh, back into fashion. They for sure are, and I'm going to say it's a no barrel if you're wearing it ironically. If there's any, as a rule with me and the barrels or nas, if it's ironic, if it's intentionally ironic, it is a no barrel. So if you are wearing a fanny pack, no barrel. The fanny pack is really functional, right? It is. Like it is you sometimes you don't want a big shoulder strap thing. You have that much stuff. You have say your whatever fits in a fanny pack is the perfect thing. Sling that thing on. Who cares, man? Like yeah. I I think there's no shame in a fanny pack. If you're doing it like look at my fanny pack, then that's uncool. Also, I'm going to say it's uncool if your fanny pack is as big as a backpack. You've seen those ones that are like yeah. massive fanny packs that are like I don't know, like maybe our good friend John Brooks wears one when he's out life-saving at the Orlando airport. Maybe, oh, yeah. maybe like if it's part of your uniform, whatever. But if you're like going hiking and you have as much stuff as fits in a backpack, but you opt for a fanny pack, then no, 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 no. But I, I'm yeah. going no, I'm going no barrel as well. I All think the way? I'm going barrel. If you if you got the medium normal size one, kind of sling it loose. I can sympathize with females who are downsizing from a purse and they have a bunch of stuff. Like I have a wallet and keys, right? So those fit in pockets and females often carry a lot more stuff, but maybe the purse is too big or they are going to a concert and they, you know, whatever. Downsizing to a fanny pack, I understand. They probably make fashionable ones that look cool or something. But I have um, this Patagonia makes, it's a sling bag. So it fits, it's not around the fanny. The fanny. <laughs> <laughs> it goes it goes horizontal across the chest but it's also it's probably the size of a fanny pack but i don't wear it daily but if i'm on a surf trip or something like that it fits a set of fins it fits a leash it fits my sun bum it fits a bar of wax 
throw my wedding ring in there because that'll come off in the water. Like it is a perfect solution without having to carry a full backpack, but it's fashionable. The it sling makes it fan. fashionable somehow. I'm going to say there's a way to fanny pack it up. Also, that's like not drawing attention to itself. Yeah. Low slung, I think, is your bet. Okay. On okay. the side. Not like strapped tight to your, what we Americans call fannies. I, I really do feel like that's a, the least practical way to secure it is around the waist. Like it's liable it to true. slip unless you have a big butt or something. Like it's liable to slip down, right? It is true. That's a, yeah. that's a good point. And yeah. like I guess I'm speaking out of ignorance here having never worn a fanny pack. Yeah. I, I've never worn one either, actually. <laughs> I just noticed that they're coming back around and I yeah. see some of them like I kind of look cool. You know, yeah. like it's, it doesn't look as ugly as it used to when we were kids. No. Sensible. Uh, all right, so where do we land on this? I'm going no barrel. I'm gonna go barrel again okay. if it's a sensible one and you, and it doesn't slip. I'm uh, I might try a fanny pack. Maybe yeah, maybe you should try a fanny pack and come back to this. Yeah. Do you have do you carry more than just wallet and keys? Uh, well, and see, this is the thing. Like sometimes a kid has a peanut allergy, so oftentimes I'll have to have an EpiPen on hand, or you know, like or it's a good idea to have one on hand. Yeah. Stuff like like there, and then with a kid too. There's always perpetual kid junk, right? Like when I'm taking her to ballet, not that I ever have done this, but she always needs hair stuff, right? So if I had a fanny pack with a little extra hair, like ties and bobby pins and whatnot, it'd probably be good, even though she takes care of her own stuff. But I could see needing more than just keys and wallet. I see this ending up living in your car. I think you get a <laughs> fanny pack, you put everything that you just talked about, but it stays in the car because yeah. that's close enough. I mean, funny enough, there is her fanny pack that stays in the car with that stuff in it. So I just, I I gotta, I'm going to put it on and wear it and see how we go. See, I think the reason why I originally bought that sling bag was for, it was like a blowout bag for Austin. Like keep a couple diapers in there, keep some wipes in there. And then if we're ever at the park, I just have it handy, but I've never used it for that purpose. Yeah. But it makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going no barrel on fanny packs. I think there's more sensible solutions like the sling bag. You make your own decisions. Uh, Final barrel or not, hiding your keys in the wheel well of your car to go surfing. Oh, my goodness. I mean, uh, I'm going to go old school, yes. Also, don't be mad when your car gets stolen. Yeah. Like, it's a good old school move, a classic of the genre, right? Like, the hiding key classic of the genre is the wheel well. Uh, a second classic of the genre is the gas flap, right? Yeah. I feel. Third, under the bumper, under the back bumper there, uh, depending on maker model. There's a lot of classics of the genre, and I want these to stick around. This is like artifacts of our youth. But when you do that, know that it's really no different than putting your key on your windshield and riding, if you need a car, here it is, right? Because if somebody's going to, st- if somebody's looking to steal cars, you you might as well have your key on the windshield yeah. or in, in as many of those places. Like somebody who's not going to steal a car is not going to go up to a car with a key on the windshield and say, ooh, my lucky day, there's the key, right? Yeah. Well, so I love the idea of live, expect. Well, I love the idea of living in a society where you could leave your keys in the wheel well. Yeah. That does, I mean, I that's like so too. long gone at this point. Just expect it. Keep doing it. Just ex- have a good insurance policy in your car. Ooh, I don't even think insurance pays out, to be honest, if if they can prove that you did, you've done that. Oh, well, yeah. how would they ever prove that? 
I mean, I think they can. I think they say how this we don't see any like those insurance adjusters are stinking genius detectives. Criminal. They're yeah. criminals. Dude, They're what they criminal. Are. Yeah, and they know exactly. They say we see no broken glass, so that means your a your car wasn't locked, so so that negates your policy. B, you left your key. That negates your policy. Your policy is double negated. In fact, you're going to pay us now. Uh, I know you don't <laughs> even get. To pay us. Yeah, you don't even get a. I think if you have a lot one of those lock boxes on your car, uh, that negates your insurance policy. Okay, well that's what I use. Yeah. Uh, the, so the the key complication has gotten so much worse with key fobs. Like it used to just be a manual key, like you're talking about, that you could hide somewhere society was better back then and then we got to a point where certainly here if you live in huntington beach there's people scoping out they're in the parking lot waiting to watch where you stash your key and the moment you're in the water boom your car's gone or they at least break into the car with the key and then steal from it wetsuits used to have key pockets in the wetsuit like but now you have a key fob you can't you can't do nothing with a key fob yeah i know, I know. that's a it's and a real sucker the other thing with the key fob is you put it in the lockbox and it's still too close to the door and the door will open. Even if yeah. it's in the lockbox outside the car, it's close enough to where the door will still unlock with it. So you have to really get creative uh, and find a solution. Or I've had the I've had rental cars, like in, you know, in France or whatever, where it's like, there's no way for me to hide this key. I think I brought a lockbox and the fob was too thick to fit into the lockbox. And so now I'm screwed. Now I'm like, okay, I can't, I don't trust this place. So what I did is fake like I'm stashing it in the wheel well, but actually bring a towel down to the beach with me and it's stashed in the towel. I mean, but I went through a whole acting policy, a whole acting thing where I'm like, oh yeah, here goes my key. And then I go this way with it. I mean, I'll often bring mine, typically, and for those who want to steal my truck, uh, I'll just throw the key in my shoe and throw it down by the beach somewhere and figure if somebody sees a key in a shoe, they're going to have to go, like, I could be parked anywhere as far as they know. And I mean, I guess yeah. I'm probably not parked that far so they can just walk around clicking it until they find it. But the effort, I feel, if somebody's going to go to that much effort to steal your car, they're probably going to, they could just as well jimmy the lock and really, you know, hotwire it or whatever too. Like yeah. stealing car, I think the, the, uh, what the, it's grand theft auto, which is like a big, it's not just a small crime. It's a big crime to steal a car. So the person who's willing to take like major jail time, yeah, you know, is going to, they're going to do what they're going to do. So what you do with your key is not that important, I think, other than. As it relates to insurance. I can't believe people even steal cars. Yeah. Like nowadays, you know, I mean, back in the day, I feel like you could steal a car and sell it or sell it for parts or whatever and it was worth it. But like nowadays, I cannot believe that the risk is worth the reward. Have you ever had a catalytic converter stolen off your car? It's funny you should ask. No, I have not. But my brother had one stolen nine months ago and it's still, he has not been able to get it replaced because there's a shortage on catalytic converters. Which is why people are stealing them. It's such a bummer to get a, I've had a couple stolen. It is such a bummer. Yeah. And apparently now you can build, there's shields that they sell that block the catalytic converters. So you can put that on your car and people can't steal it, I guess. I don't know. So there's a will, there's a way is all I'm saying. People you can get out of a wetsuit, you can steal a catalytic converter. I think it's insane. I said the risk isn't worth the reward, but it's like there's so many people who they're desperate for anything and yep. they're not, they're not, when you're in that mindset, you're not thinking about any not sort of consequence. Rationally, yeah, rationally going through it. Yeah, no. And you're, of course, I'm going to get away with it. Like yeah. I'm the one who gets away with it, right? 
Anyways, hide your keys in your key in your wheel well if you live in a great society, and uh, otherwise, get a lockbox and chain it to a fence near your car, maybe. <laughs> so that is your modern day solution for how to go surfing and not have your car stolen. All right, well, hey, beachgrid.com, uh, the last bastion of surf quote journalism without act, uh, privileged access from the yeah, WSL. Apparently. Uh, Surfsplendorpodcast.com if you want to awesome. support our work and our sponsors. Uh, we didn't mention it, but drinkag1.com slash surf is always with us. So go get that. You will support your whole body vitality. You will also support our work by using our portal. Of course, buellsurf.com and sunbum.com with promo code surfsplendor15. Anything else you need to promote or discuss? I think that's good. I think we covered a lot today. All right, man. We got more next week. Like I said, listener line calls and some stuff that we need to go through. But until then, bon voyage.